The following podcast is brought to you by Babe Media. I'm Emma Clark. And I'm Kelsey Burdett. You know those people you follow that just seem to get it? They have the Instagram content that you actually watch. They own the brands that you just can't stop buying from. And they tell the stories you actually remember. The kinds of people that leave you wondering, how do they do that? Well, we follow them too. And we have the exact same question. Join us as we interview the people that leave us thinking, oh, they get it. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the second part in our three-part mini-series with David Luba, the co-founder of Tentry. You guys, I really had to rein it in in this episode because the way that David and Tentry, and spoiler alert, their new company, are thinking about the future of tree planting and what this means for the world at large is just like, it's too good. It really is. So make sure to keep listening for a couple of really interesting things. First and foremost, David talks about the impact that tree planting has had on remote locations like Madagascar, which is massive. If you if you guys are obsessed with watching Planet Earth like I am, that's going to be, you know, something that really resonates. And then he also talks about the future of helping people to care about the environment. What's going to be required of businesses and companies and technology to get people to turn a slight interest in saving the planet into hard-hitting action? And that's not an easy thing to do. So I think the way that they're thinking about the future is really exciting. And I think some of the platforms and technology that they've got up their sleeves is also really exciting. So with that... I will cut my piece. Let's jump straight into the conversation. Welcome David Luba, co-founder of Tentry, to part two of They Get It. We are back with part two with David from Tentry. So let's dive right into it. In In the previous one, you can get some more background on Tentry. So now let's dive into a little bit of how this business actually works. So David, why don't you start by telling us just a little bit about how you plant these trees, what that process is like? For sure. So like 10 trees are planted for every item purchased. It's in our name. It's why we we founded the, the business. So you buy an item, 10 trees somewhere in the world will be planted. And we've been evolving the whole process over the last 10 years since the, the inception of the business. And this really is what our business is built around. Uh, just a few things um, you should know when you buy an item you scan a qr code you find out where in the world the 10 trees are planted who planted the trees and the benefits in in the areas Mm -hmm. most of the trees we plant are not in north america north american areas are federally mandated to get reforested anyways so like when we look at a new tree planting site how we evaluate where we plant is one we look at the area and we determine like how badly that area needs trees and if that area would be reforested um, if it wasn't for us. So like, for instance, we look at this region and if we would not come in there for the next 10 years and, and reforest, would it still be um, desolate? Would there still be no trees on there? So that's one thing we look at. The next is poverty alleviation. So like wherever we are tree planting, are we alleviating poverty? Is it an area people need jobs? Um, are the people that are struggling to survive and need a hand up out of out of the situation they're in? So we look at um, the impact of trees, poverty alleviation, 
Then the final thing we look at is government stability and leadership stability in the area. Mm -hmm. We want to make sure the trees we're planting are going to be there for the long term. They're not going to be uh, there for a few years and cut down illegally for for some lumber or that sort of thing. So those are kind of the three metrics we look at. We plant trees in over 12 different countries around the world. Our biggest tree planting site being uh, Madagascar. So we plant over seven. We planted over up to twenty million trees now in uh, in Madagascar, which is pretty incredible. Wow! Wow! Which is one of the most biodiverse ecosystems in the world, right? Like that's so important to maintain a lot of the the different species that live there. I think that's so cool. Yeah, there's there's some pretty incredible things about Madagascar, like the the animals that live there, the lemurs. Um, it's mm-hmm. very biodiverse, but a lot of Madagascar has been deforested. So now, like if you've ever heard people talk about Madagascar as the Red Island, like that's that's kind of the nickname a lot of people call call it, and that's because so many of the shoreline trees, the mangrove trees, have been deforested, and then you're left with if you look at Madagascar from from if you're flying into Madagascar, you can see all this red water. You can see all, it, it looks red everywhere. And that's because of all the erosion, because there's been so much deforestation that's happened in Madagascar. It's eroding or there's a lot of fires there, which causes people to call it the Red Island. So there's a lot of Madagascar that's bare right now. And these trees are cut down for charcoal. So the, the trees are cut down. They put the the trees under understand they mix up some tar they they burn it and that's what creates charcoal which is what they use for cooking um the malagasy people use charcoal for cooking and if they weren't deforested for that um they're deforested for like homes and building supplies and uh, and charcoal goes for quite a high premium on the on the market so a lot of people are illegally cutting down trees in madagascar and creating charcoal oh Brutal. In a really unsustainable way, right? Like it'd be one thing if they had sustainable practices, but clearly the fact that you guys are involved shows that it's not. I'm really curious, like you mentioned, um, maybe even before we were on air, that Kaylin and Derek had the tree planting business beforehand. Is, is the business such that other brands can come plant trees through you guys as well? Yeah, it's a great question. So like we've, for the last 10 years, we've been focused on 10 trees for every order. We've been focused on auditing these trees, uh, discovering the impact of these trees. Like I'd love to tell you a bit about my trip to Madagascar in a minute. It was absolutely yeah. incredible. But after uh, I was kind of taking a step back and thinking about what makes 10 trees special, well, it's that customer engagement where we're engaging with that customer to make the world more sustainable. Hmm. And we recently came up with an idea for a new company we've started called Veritree. Veritree stands for Verified Tree Planting. And what we're doing is we're giving other organizations the opportunity to uh, be more sustainable, but also get their customers engaged in the sustainability um, conversation and the um, sustainability uh, movement the way we are and allowing them to scan a QR code, to learn about their tree. So we're taking what we've done with Tentree and we're making it more and more accessible to businesses around the world, which is really exciting. To me, that's kind of that infinite game. It's like, if we can take what we've done, but we can scale that. Imagine every time you got on an airplane, you could plant trees, or every time you used your visa card, you could plant trees, or every time you stayed at a hotel and maybe you didn't use your towels there, um, they'd plant trees for you and you could scan those trees, find out where they're planted, and kind of contribute to this uh, this bigger picture. And that's what we're doing with our uh, Vera tree business. So wow. what we started doing is we, we've been to all of our sites. Like I've been to Nepal, 
Um, Derek and Kaylin went to Senegal. I was in Madagascar. And the more sites we visited, the more we, we saw how impactful our impact was. When we landed in Madagascar, I got out of, out of our helicopter in Mahabana. And Mahabana is this fishing village. And this fishing village has mangrove trees all along the shoreline. But over the years, they de- uh, deforested this area. They cut down these trees for, um, for charcoal and building supplies. And they didn't know that when you do that, the fish will leave. Mangrove trees are saltwater trees. They provide um, estuaries and a place for fish to take refuge. So they essentially cut themselves off from their own food source without knowing it. We came into this area. It, there was about 20 people in Mahabana village. No food. Um, they were struggling to survive. People were leaving the village. And we started employing these locals to reforest the area. This was 10 years ago. We have now reforested the area with 20 million trees. The village is over 2,000 people. More and more people are coming to this village to get work. The fish are coming back. The locals are fishing. They're selling fish. They're eating fish. And we're seeing tree planters take the money that we're paying them to plant trees throughout the day. And they're starting their own businesses. There's been like a little coffee shop started. So when we went to Mahabana, I got a cup full of coffee with some sand in it. It was great. Starbucks Mahabana. (laughs) And this lady who is a tree planter who saved up the funds from tree planting started this coffee shop with two of her friends. So now she's employing other people. So what we're really doing is it's not even sustainability, it's thrivability. We're going into an area where people didn't have dreams. They were trying to survive, but now they have dreams of starting businesses as a result of the funds we're giving them from the tree planting while they're cleaning the air we breathe and providing habitats for, for wildlife. So it's a pretty incredible thing we're doing. And this is one out of 12 different different sites. Um, So as we started doing more and more projects, uh, we really wanted to make sure that we could have a transparent model. We wanted to understand if if 10 trees donating to this certain area, Mm -hmm. how do we know that those trees are exclusively ours? And another company, let's say Tesla is planting trees or someone else, how do we know those trees aren't also being um, allocated to another donor? Mm -hmm. So we came up with a verification software called Veritree. So for every item we sell, we plant 10 verified trees. And we verify this through Google Maps coordinates. And then on the Google Maps, each of the tree planters has a cell phone. When they're done tree planting, they take pictures of where they reforested. They fill out the form. They take a picture and they submit this form. And this um, Veritree software then has a global grid system that allocates certain trees to different grids, to different organizations. So this is what um, makes it impossible for companies to double dip because it's blocked by blockchain technology. So every square in our global reforestation system has a different unique token. So then if we're planting trees here, we can say, Kelsey, these are your trees. These are Emma's trees. And we know forever those trees are locked in time and those are your trees. So it's how we eliminate... um, double dipping and it's also how we make sure that these trees are in fact getting planted and then we can measure the impact over the next like 10 years okay this is like you said the definition of an infinite game because one of the questions in my mind before you introduced this new company you've started is what are you going to do with competition obviously it's good if there's brands that are planting more trees but does that cannibalize your own business but you're 
10 steps ahead of me and you've already built this whole other company. So um, that is, yeah, I'm actually just blown away by that. Um, how has that scale gone and how is that balancing between Tentry and building this new company now? Yeah, we're trying not to mix the two too much because they're two different businesses. Uh, Veritree is a lot more focused on like the tech side, like how are we auditing the trees? How are we measuring that impact? And how are we amplifying that um, that messaging? But Veritree is the lifeblood for Tentree. It's how Tentree manages all of its tree planting. It's how Tentree knows when and where and how and who's planting those trees. And it's really how Tentree connects with the end consumer where they can um, really discover their impact. We, we've been working quite a bit on the impact wallet, which is, so when you buy an item, you scan your, your code and every customer has their own island. So like you'd have your own island, Kelsey, you'd have your own island, Emma. And on that island, it would start off and it would be deforested. And as you plant maybe 10 mangrove trees in one area, you see that shoreline is getting a bit, a bit more solid. And after you get 30 trees in that area, you'll see your island has fish starting to come back to that area. And as you look at your island, you'll see there's a bit of a, a landslide going on um, in the mountains on your island. So maybe you can then shop with a, a business, a Tree, or another company that's working with Veritree to plant some higher altitude trees. And then you can see your island starting to get some more higher altitude trees. Maybe some of the birds are coming back or there's less um, there's less mudslides going on. So what we're also really trying to do is, is not just uh, look at what Tentry is doing, but also create this engagement and put it back on the, the end consumer where it's kind of like your Fitbit for the planet. Like mm -hmm. we want um, Emma, we want Kelsey, we want you to be monitoring your, your island. And based on the purchases that you're making, with different companies that plant trees and, and with Tentree, you can really see the impact that your um, purchases are having on this planet. Okay, this is amazing. You are literally gamifying saving the planet through trees. It doesn't get smarter than that. I'm so excited for you. Let's take a different approach. Let's say I'm a business owner. Let's say I want to get involved in tree planting or I want to have some sort of carbon offsetting or make an environmental impact. What advice do you have for me? You know, I think uh, the biggest thing is big change starts small. When we started Tentree, our shirts were not organic. They were American apparel. But we knew we wanted to do something um, that was optimistic. We knew we wanted to take um, the environment and, and this negative conversation that was happening. We wanted to make it positive. So it was one foot in front of the other. After three years of being in business, we found a way to make a sustainable garment that was organic, that was sourced from farm to table, with coconut buttons and cork patches, but it didn't happen overnight. Three years later, we're, we're now at our tree planting sites, making sure the trees are, are being planted and interacting with the locals. And three years after that, we have an auditing software we're now using to audit our trees, but other people's trees. So I think the whole message is uh, it's never gonna be perfect. If you were gonna start a business and people expected you to be perfect, it would never happen. Mm -hmm. if, if you go on a, a diet, it's, that's not sustainable, right? So it's it's the whole idea with the environment. Big change starts small. I like to use the word environmental-ish. We shouldn't make people feel like they have to be environmental-ists because mm -hmm. that's not how you make progress. It's one foot in front of the other. And every day, if you improve just a little bit, together we can change the world. Yeah. I 
I super align with that. And I think it is important because once you get that lens of like, I'm going to be perfect at this, it makes it feel so much bigger. And I think it is about building momentum. And as you build momentum, you can have more and more impact. Um, What are the two or three things um, that are most impactful for a new business to do um, if they want to have a sustainable mindset with their business? I think the first thing is understanding um, your perspective on sustainability. Um, like you look, for instance, even even at our business, and we believe big change starts small. We work with many different companies to give them um, corporate product for their staff because we know we are a better alternative than the American apparels of the world and, and that sort of thing. But there are some some businesses that have a very, very hard hardline stance, and they would never work with um, for instance, maybe a local pub, they would never do the local bar um, uniforms because that local bar is not super sustainable. So I, I think it's understand your perspective. Is it a very hardline stance? Is it um, just you want to be a little bit sustainable and cover up your, your brand's footprint? I'm not saying one way is right or wrong, but it's like, what is that perspective? And then make sure it's also um, achievable and attainable. Like you don't want to create um, sustainability guidelines that are so stringent and so tough you can't even have a business. So you, you really want to think about the the greater good. And that's kind of what we think about in every situation we make. It's like the greater good. Are we better off doing one small thing that might not be perfect um, because we know it's going to create a thousand better things for the environment? So it's all about kind of taking the big picture into effect and uh, taking that approach one, one foot in front of the other and uh, trying to do what you believe is, is best for the planet and people. David, I already know that people are going to want to find out more about Veritree. Where can they find you? So we've got a site that right now it's still like a fairly new business, but Veritree.com. Um, so you can go on there. You can find out a bit. I'm just going to confirm. Yeah, it's Veritree.com. Oh, <laughs> it might be a different site. Just one second. No, it's Veritree.com. It's still so it. new. It's hot off the press. I'm just figuring it out right now. <laughs> but um, yeah, we've got a number of, of organizations that are, are partnering with us right now. And we're really launching Veritree in 2022 um, with a, a number of, of different brand partners that are partnering with us to plant more trees. Some big, some small. Um, Ten Tree is definitely one of them because Veritree is the lifeblood behind what we're doing. But this is the next business that we're really excited about because we think uh, it can definitely change the world. Man, this is just really exciting. I'm pumped for you. I'm so excited to cheer you on from the sidelines. And with that, we will wrap part two of our three-part mini-series with you, David Luba, co-founder of Tentry. For everyone listening, make sure to join us for the final part of our three-part mini-series coming at you in just a couple of days where we'll talk through the retail strategy that Tentry has taken to get into over two thousand stores internationally across continents they are killing the game and there will be a lot of good tidbits in that next episode so make sure to stay tuned and we'll see you then